Hi, this is Megan Princewill, and you're listening to Wildflower Women. And this is the first official episode of Wildflower Women. If you heard the introduction, then you know what this is all about. If you haven't listened to the introduction, I encourage you to go back because I really want you to hear my heart and know why I'm doing this. Um, but this is the first one that's like the official first, like, let's have a chat um, episode. And I, in thinking about the topics that I wanted to discuss and the things that I really wanted to try to shine some light on and just open up in this in this series I I thought about a lot of stuff I thought about the grace of God that I felt so overwhelmingly strong in the last year I thought about loneliness um, the loneliness that I have felt many times in life um, I thought about beauty and the way that we um, perceive ourselves and the way that the world perceives us and what the world says is beautiful and I thought about religion and if you grew up in the church, the things that you probably either still carry or used to carry and now you've, you've realized the, the things that are religion and you've, you've developed a relationship. Um, I thought about uh, what we view as success and even the American dream and even politics and I thought about the Great Commission and forgiveness and all of these topics that are so, so important to me, the things that I feel like I've had moments that I just really asked God or sought to find the truth on. And some of those times I was seeking the truth in a place of brokenness. And other times it was a place of confusion where I just, I saw one person doing one thing and then another person doing another. And I really just wanted to know what is the truth here? What, what is, what's the, what do you say, God? And in those, in those, all of those topics, I, we're going to discuss all of them. We're going to talk about all of them. Um, but when I thought about how I want this to start, I realized that I can't talk about the grace of God. I can't talk about loneliness. I can't talk about pain. I can't talk about heartbreak. I can't talk about forgiveness and the Great Commission and success. I can't talk about any of that until I talk about worship, until I talk about the beauty and the value of worship. And I titled this one, Worship, the One-Size-Fits-All Prescription. Worship truly is the, the, the thing that no matter what you're going through, finding yourself sitting at the feet of Jesus and just worshiping will make it better. And I've learned this over the course of my life, but so, so clearly the last year, because I've spent the last year being broken in a way that I have never experienced. And even right now, as I'm talking, I'm I know, I know the place of brokenness. I know that place where your heart just feels like it is, it's just laying in your chest. It's no longer beating. It's, and it, it, it laid down on your ribs and it weighs 500 pounds. 
and that where your mind just always in the back of your mind there's that you're you're thinking about that painful thing even though you've given it to God and even though you're trusting him through it it still hurts cuz life just hurts sometimes but worship worshiping Jesus worshiping at his feet has been the thing that has gotten me through day after day and so i realized that i can't none of no, talking about the other things until we get the foundation of worship talking about the painful things in life and the things that we face as women it it's not going to matter it's there's no, there's nothing to build on if we don't build it on worship that is that's just that the best way the one size fits all no matter what your your pain no matter what your heartache no matter what your struggle no matter what um what trials or or battles no matter where you are worship is always the answer and um i wanted to go to a couple of psalms and i'm reading these out of the message bible just because i love I know some people have different opinions on the message, but for me, a lot of I'm a, I'm a King James girl from way back. I, I there's sometimes I read a scripture in a different version, and I have to go back and read it in King James to understand it because that's what I grew up on. But a lot of times, I just I love the way the message makes it like it's coming from me, like if, if Megan was just having a conversation with God. And so I want to read this because in our pain, we really, and in worship, worshiping through our pain, sometimes you just got to have a conversation with God and it's just got to be a real conversation. And so I want to read these two Psalms, um, Psalms 13, uh, and then also Psalm 42, we'll read a couple of pieces of that one. But in Psalm 13, It's only six verses, but it says, Long enough, God, you have ignored me long enough. I've looked at the back of your head long enough. Long enough, I've carried this ton of trouble, lived with this stomach full of pain. Long enough, my arrogant enemies have looked down their noses at me. Take a good look at me, God, my God. I want to look life in the eye so no enemy can get the best of me or laugh when I fall on my face. I've thrown myself headlong into your arms and I am celebrating your rescue. I'm singing at the top of my lungs. I am so full of answered prayers. And I love this passage because it starts off kind of like, okay, David, seriously? Do you know who you're talking to? You're talking to God. Like, you literally just said, yo, God, seriously, hold up. What's up? I need, I'm, I, I need you to listen to me. And he's, he's telling God, you know, I've, I've looked at the long, I've looked at the back of your head long enough. And so many times in life, we know, we know without a doubt, we know that God never ignores us. We know that God does not turn his back on us. We know that he has never walked away from us. He is always at every moment of our lives. He is right beside us waiting for us. He, even when we walk away from him, he never turns away from us. So we know that God has never ignored us. We know that he is not ignoring us in our pain. And we know that we are not looking at the back of his head. We know 
that he's hearing us. But sometimes, sometimes it feels like in those moments when you've been praying and believing for one thing, that one thing that you have asked God for years to do, and it just feels like you're asking the back of his head and he's not even paying attention to you and you're just throwing your prayers up in the air and he he doesn't even care. We feel like that. Even though that we even though we know that it's not true, we still feel like that at times. And in his honesty, he says, "I'm God, I've had enough of this. It's been long enough. I need you to answer my prayer. I need you to turn your ear to me and hear me." But he says, I, I've, I've carried this ton of trouble. I've lived with this stomach full of pain. And then he says, take a good look at me, God, my God, not just the God that's, of, that's out there, not just a God. You are my God. I want to look life in the eye so that no enemy can get the best of me or laugh when I fall on my face. And he's, he's saying, God, I, I know that the only way that I can look life in the eye. The only way that the enemy will not be able to triumph over me is if you come to my rescue. I can't do it on my own. I need you, my God, to come to my rescue. And then he says, after he's already said, God, you've forgotten me. You're ignoring me and you've forgotten me. He says in verse five, I've thrown myself headlong into your arms. The same arms that I just said have forgotten me and turned their back on me. I'm throwing myself into your arms. And right now in this moment, in the middle of my battlefield, in the middle of this trouble, in the middle of me carrying this stomach full of pain, I am celebrating your rescue. I am celebrating it. I am rejoicing because despite what it feels like and despite what it looks like and despite what my enemy says about you and me and you, the way that you love me, despite what he's lying to me about, I am celebrating your rescue because I know you. You are my God. You are the God of my rescue and you are going to do it. And I'm going to sing at the top of my lungs because when I look back, when I look back over my life, you are a faithful God. And I can't help but know that you will answer because you have answered me over and over and over again. And that is what I'm talking about. That is the type of worship that I'm talking about. That place where you pour yourself out to God. You tell him exactly how you feel. And I had a, a, a dear friend of mine that has been a, a voice in my life since I was a child. I can remember probably the first time I really went through something that seemed overwhelming. And I just, I, I just felt like God wasn't hearing me. And I remember her saying, um, you might as well go ahead and tell God how you feel. He already knows anyway. So it's not like if you are mad and you go to God and say, God, you're such a good God. I love you. Thank you. Um, yeah, let praise you, Jesus. If you go to him like that, but inside you're like, seriously, why are you not listening to me? You're supposed to be the God that answers my prayer. Why are you not answering? That's what you're feeling. He already knows that. You might as well tell him. And that is what David's doing right here. He's saying, you know what? You already know how I feel. You already know that my human self is saying, why are you not answering me? But after he pours out his heart, after he says the truth about how he feels, 
he pulls himself together and he says, you know what, self, I'm glad you got that off your chest because now my spirit is going to rise up and become stronger than my flesh. My flesh feels forgotten, but my spirit knows that I serve a God who is faithful. I serve a God that cannot fail. And that, like I said, that is the type of worship that I'm talking about. In the middle of it all, the foundation of, to overcome everything that we face as women, the foundation is worship. Worshiping no matter what. And worshiping in our honesty. Worshiping in our pain. Worshiping through it all. And then in chapter 42, um, it's, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, a couple of different passages I'm going to read. Um, you can definitely go back and read this whole chapter yourself, verse, uh, chapter 42. But I just want to pull out a couple of the things. Um, it's in verse 4, it says, These are the things I go over and over, emptying out the pockets of life. I, all, I was always at the head of the worshiping crowd, right out in front, leading them all, eager to arrive in worship, shouting praises, singing thanksgiving, celebrating all of us God's feast. And then in verse 5, this is where he, he, he's, he's honest. He said I, in verse 4, I was always worshiping. I, I, I was the head. I was leading worship. I was telling people to worship. I was showing them how to do it. But then in verse 5, he said, why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Talking to himself, why, why, are you, why are you so upset? Why are you down in the dumps? Why are you crying the blues? Fix my eyes on God. Soon I will be praising him again. He puts a smile on my face. He's my God. When my soul is in the dumps, I rehearse everything I know of you. From Jordan's depths to Herman Heights including Mount Mazar, chaos calls to chaos, to the tune of whitewater rapids, your breaking surf, your thundering breakers crash and crush me. Then God promises me, he promises to love me all day, sing songs all through the night. My life is God's prayer. Sometimes I ask God, my rock solid God. Sometimes I ask God, my rock solid God. Sometimes I get honest in verse nine and 10, Sometimes I get honest and I ask God, why did you let me down? Why am I walking around in tears, harassed by my enemies? They're out to kill me. These tormentors with their obscenities, taunting day after day, where is this God of yours? And I don't know about you, but for me, my enemies are, are, are less like people that I see daily or people that I can come in contact with or humans but my enemy is the enemy of my soul. And I know that he is the, he's the enemy of your soul. If, if, you, if, if you claim Jesus as your Savior, you have an enemy. And he wants to convince you that you are not loved. He wants, you to convince, he wants to convince you that the things that you're facing and the things that you're walking through, the, things that you're, the, the pain that you're feeling is because God gave up on you or God turned his back on you. But that is such a lie from the enemy. And so in this verse, in these verses, he's saying, sometimes I say, God, why did you let me down? Why are my enemies constantly in my ear, taunting me day after day, saying, where is this God of yours? Because looking from the outside, looking from the outside, it kind of looks like you're not on my side. And in my personal life, you know, that's, that's that 
what David is saying there, you know, from the outside, it, it does look like I'm losing. And in my own life, just, I know I'll probably talk more about it, but in, in other, in other episodes, but in my own life in 2018, we were told that we would never have children, that my body had, um, had basically, I, I was in, going into menopause at 35 years old or well, no, at that point I was 34. Yeah. 34. And that my body had just decided it was time to be in menopause. And so the, I was officially, I guess, in perimenopause, that, that transition. So the likelihood of me getting pregnant was not really basically less than 2%, like 0% almost. Um, and that if, if I, I might could get pregnant if I had an egg donor, but even that was a very, very slim chance that my body could handle the hormonal, um, therapies that I would have to go through to get it to a place that it could, um, carry the child. Even, you know, even still like that, that chance, if I got an egg donor was so slim. And so in May, that was in May of 2018. And then in May of 2019, I had a positive pregnancy test that was just a miracle. We had been praying for a year and believing and knowing that God was going to answer this prayer. And so when I was pregnant, I ended up pregnant and it was a miracle. It the, you know, my doctor said, I never expected you to come into my office pregnant. I, I, I didn't expect it. And then eight weeks in, there was no heartbeat. And we believed and we believed for two weeks and we prayed and we believed and we knew that God was not going to take this miracle from us, that that was Satan. And it was go, our baby was going to live and not die. And at 10 weeks, there was no heartbeat. And at that point, they, the ultrasound showed that there was hemorrhaging and, and that eventually I would, the baby, I would lose the baby. And um, the baby was already gone, but my body was still holding on. And my body held on for 12 weeks uh, on that, uh, uh, the day before, or two days, 11 weeks and five days, it was, my body held on, and I finally went through the miscarriage, and in that moment, the amount of heartache that I felt in that, in that moment, and even the weeks before when they, we, I, I, they were telling us it wasn't going to happen, it wasn't going to last, I felt like Satan just was right in my ear and he was saying who do you think you are to God that he would give you this miracle he doesn't love you if he loved you first of all you wouldn't have trouble having a baby if he loved you you would have gotten pregnant the moment you wanted to and then just to confirm how much he doesn't love you he 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 took your baby he was the only one that could, that could bring that baby to life. And he took it from you. And he's letting you walk through this pain. He's letting you have your heart ripped out. And that was what my enemy was taunting me with day after day. Where is this God that you serve? But that last passage, 
of the last verse of this passage, it says again, why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Fix your eyes. Fix my eyes on God. Soon I will be praising him again. He puts a smile on my face. He is my God. And that is the beauty of worshiping him. And that is the beauty of resting in his presence. And sometimes, you know, we know that he is with us at every moment of every day. But when you are in that moment that you feel like, God, are you there? Satan is my enemy is just, he's, he's lying to me and he's telling me that you don't love me. And when I'm looking at my situation, when I'm looking at what's going on around me, I, I can't help but say, you know, the circumstances don't really look like you love me. I know that you do, but it doesn't look like it. So what I'm going to do Instead of giving in and instead of adding this torment on top of the pain that I already feel, how about this? How about I just say, you know what? You're my God. You put a smile on my face. You will answer me. You will restore the joy of my salvation. You will restore what the enemy has stolen. So right now, I'm just going to sit in your presence. And in your presence, there is peace. So no matter what the lies are, no matter what the pain is, no matter how bad the pain is, looking at yourself and saying, you know what, self? You know what, soul? Letting your spirit man rise up and tell your flesh, hey, I know how you feel. I know that you feel the pain of being human. But I'm going to remind you, your God is faithful. And so while your flesh just sits here broken, your spirit rises up and worships. And when you get to that place where you say, you know what, I don't care. I know that worship is the last thing I want to do, the last thing my flesh wants to do because my flesh feels abandoned. My human self feels abandoned by the one that you're asking me to worship. If you can just put yourself aside and get there, make yourself get there, I promise you, I promise you, he meets you there in the presence that you feel when you worship, the presence that you fight through all of the, all of your flesh, all of your human, all of your pain, fight through that. And just worship. It doesn't. It, 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 you you may not see the results of it right away, but I'm telling you, when you fix your eyes on Him, that verse says, "Fix my eyes on God." Soon I'll be praising Him again. There's a million songs about praise you in this storm. You know, praise you in the battlefield. I imagine myself so many times in the last year being. In the middle of the in the middle of the war zone, with with bombs exploding around me and and being bloody and bruised and I don't have anything. 
I don't, I don't have any bullets left. I don't, I, my shield, my, you know, I've, it, it, I've got dents all in my shield and my shoes are worn out and, and I'm, I'm just standing there and the, and the battle is raging around me and I fall to my knees and I pull out that weapon of my worship and I just worship him in the middle of that battlefield. There's actually another song I, as I was saying that, it reminded me of another song um, that talks about our our greatest weapon. At, I can't remember the name of the song, but it's a Natalie Grant song, and it our our weapon, our worship is our weapon. It's our greatest weapon, and. That's how I feel. That's how I feel that worship, that moment of worshiping Him through it all. That is our greatest weapon, and that is the foundation. That is the one size fits all prescription for us in this life. And so I wanted to start with, with worship, I wanted to lay that foundation. Because no matter what we go through, no matter what topics we, we talk about, no matter what, no matter um, what we face, no matter what your pain, worship is your weapon. Your worship is the one size fits all prescription for you right now. And so I hope that, I hope that you've gained something. I, I know that I, just in myself, sometimes you have to, the things that you know, sometimes when you say them again, when you, t- it's like you're telling yourself, you're reminding yourself. And I f- I'm encouraged just myself right now. So hopefully someone else is encouraged through it. Um, And so I encourage you in this to find a moment to worship him. Um, When you're tired, when you, when you, when you just don't want to do anything but watch TV, I encourage you, I'm encouraging myself to put it all aside because no matter what you feel, if you just stop and worship it's going to be better. It's going to be okay. And so thank you for listening. This one was a lot longer than I anticipated it being. So hopefully you held on to the end and, um, I will see, well, I guess I won't see you because this is a recording, but, um, I will talk to you soon. And I believe the next week, um, I think we're going to talk about grace. So, um, Stay tuned and talk to you later. Bye.